Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Extra Awesome, a series of bonus episodes from Sorta Awesome designed to bring even more awesome into your life. From time to time, many of us struggle against the voice of an inner critic. It's that voice that can cause us to really be jerks to ourselves. Well, today's show features wellness coach Melissa Toller, and she's going to share with us why making friends with our inner mean girl can actually be the secret to better emotional health. I cannot wait for you all to hear what she has to share with us today. Hey, awesomes. Today, I am so thrilled to be introducing you to Melissa Toller. Melissa is a lifestyle and wellness coach, and a few weeks ago, I came across a post that she had written on her blog at melissatoller.com titled, How to Stop Being a Jerk to Yourself. That title really grabbed me because unfortunately, that is a struggle that I am all too familiar with, and I wondered if that might resonate with you as well. So, Melissa, thanks so much for taking the time to come and talk to us about this topic today. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, as you all know, I always like to ask guests to do a five-minute life story before we get into the heart of the show, just to give you guys an idea of who we are talking to, where they've come from, and the work they are doing now. So Melissa, I know you've thought about this, and you've got some highlights to give us of your life, your five-minute life story. Sure. I'm Hopefully I can contain it to five minutes. <laughs> um, but I was born and raised in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. I was I went to school from kindergarten to college in the Philly area. I am actually um, I'm also a pharmacist. I went to oh, pharmacy wow. school. I have a doctor of pharmacy degree. I practice like retail pharmacy, community pharmacy for a very short period of time. But the majority of my career was spent in corporate America in a pharmaceutical company. It was a great career. But I I always knew there was something else I was meant to do and wanted to do. And so, you know, I pursued being a pharmacist because my my parents actually wanted me to be a doctor. Uh-huh. And I did not want to go to school for eight years. So I felt right. like six years was a nice compromise. A compromise right? And I still was <laughs> able to get a doctorate degree. So technically, I am Dr. Tola. I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's not it. the doctor that they wanted me to be. Right, right. Um, but I, I did that, and it was a great career. But like I said, all along, I knew I wanted to do something else. And I wasn't quite sure what. But um, maybe 10 years ago, even like, yeah, 2004, so 12 years ago, I had an idea that I wanted to be a life coach. Like, <laughs> I was always fascinated by human beings and human development and why we do the things we do and just like ridiculously fascinated by that. So I just didn't know what a life coach was, didn't know how to do it. So I'll put a little pin in that. Also, so my focus in my current career as a wellness coach is body image. So I do a lot of body image coaching. And what led me to that is my own personal history with the struggle to always be trying to lose weight. And it was a decades long struggle. I remember being 11 years old. And that was like the first time 
I thought I was fat. And I actually wrote a blog post called The First Time I Thought I Was Fat. I was in seventh grade. And it, it was like it just it started at age 11 that my body was now this problem that I needed to solve. As I got older, I realized I can't keep <laughs> doing this. You know, always at the beginning of every year trying to lose weight before an important event, like somebody's wedding or a date or what, going to the beach. Like there was this constant focus on trying to beat my body into submission. And I realized I wanted to help other women overcome this. And that's ultimately what led me to this form of coaching. And it has been the most rewarding and most frustrating type of coaching ever because, you know, what I'm trying to do is help women overcome a lifetime of conditioning and social programming based on the culture that we live in. And so much of our value and worth as women is tied up in how we look and specifically the size of our bodies. So I take those two stories, you know, my quest for wanting to be some sort of life coach. And then my personal history of constantly being dissatisfied with myself. And that is how we are sitting here today. And it's like, I could be on a soapbox for days about that topic, but we don't have that long, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that totally makes sense. I love that you are blending the two passions together and that that is what is compelling you to move forward with this work. That totally makes sense. And that is such an incredible way to approach your calling in life, really. So it really makes sense then because you work with women, it sounds like primarily and coaching them through lifestyle things and especially through body image, it makes sense that you have probably bumped up against this being a jerk to yourself thing in a lot of your clients. Maybe I'm not the only person who saw the title of that post and thought, oh gosh, I'm I really can be a jerk to myself. So I thought it was a perfect time of year as we are moving into springtime here in our part of the world. And it's kind of time to spring clean our houses and our, in a lot of ways, it's a great time to spring clean our lives and get rid of some of the junk that's been weighing us down and has been collecting. So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about this thing of being a jerk to ourselves. Where does this start? And is it something that is a common struggle amongst your clients, amongst your friends and family, something that you see coming up again and again? Sure. So so this is going to be either good news or bad news, depending on your, <laughs> your perspective. But we all have an inner critic. Like it's just part of being a human. And it's designed to help keep us, I don't want to say in check, but it's, it's, it's like our achiever. It's the achiever in us, the part of us that wants to measure up to the societal standard. So, you know, it's, it's part of us. However, it can run amok. And what I have seen is, um, especially in women, the inner critic is loudest around our appearance and around our weight and around the way we eat or we don't eat or exercise. And it, um, like I said, it just, it can wreak havoc on your life. And unfortunately, a lot of us believe that this self-criticism is a form of motivation, when in reality, it does the exact opposite. We believe that if I can hate myself hard enough and long enough, that I'll eventually do the thing I'm supposed to do. And it just doesn't work that way. So 
the point is not to eradicate your inner critic because like she's always going to be there. You're always going to have like that inner mean girl saying, well, you could have done, you could have done better. You, you didn't do this. The, the goal is to make friends with it. Be aware that she's there, but then like befriend her instead of hating her because then you end up beating yourself up for beating yourself up. And that's a fun little merry-go-round to be oh, on. Oh, wow. That is such a great insight. I have to tell you that I have been in that cycle myself of feeling like, you know, I'm almost 40 years old and I am still doing battle with this inner voice that's giving me all these negative messages about myself, beating myself up over these things. I would have thought by the time I was nearing 40 that I would have conquered this by now. But you're right, there, there doesn't seem to be a way to eradicate that voice altogether. So I am loving this idea of a completely different approach making friends, making peace, and trying to maybe, are you saying kind of work with that or? um, Yes. Okay. Just work with it. You have to, I think we're aware that it's there. I think it's important to know it is part of being human. Like we are human beings. This is part of the human experience. Instead of judging it, just get curious about it because it's the judgment about ourselves and what we're doing or not doing that I think causes the most suffering. That is so fascinating. I would not have thought about that perspective. Um, can you give us some ideas about like, what does this look like in action then? What, what is the antidote or what is the, what is the path to making peace with this inner critic? And mm. instead of fighting against it, taking this different approach, what does that look like? Yeah, I know the, the antidote is having a growth mindset. So it's about how can I learn from this? So if this inner critic is a part of just being human, as humans, we're here to learn and to grow as people. And what I have found is that being aware that that voice is there and then getting curious about what is the lesson here for me? And I'll give you a very recent and personal example. So I'm also a writer. I write my blog and I have a ton of pieces that I've written that are just hanging out on my computer and I haven't put them out there. Recently, I've seen some writing, uh, some other pieces from other people on topics that I have written about but haven't put them out there. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is the best thing Uh, since sliced bread. Oh, I know that feeling so well, yes. (laughs) And so last night, and actually somebody tagged me on one of them. was like, oh, Melissa, this is so great to read. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and this voice came in and it said, I hate myself because I haven't put my own stuff out there. And it just kept going, kept going. And I heard it and I was like, well, that has not motivated me to go to my computer and hit send. Right. Yeah. So it, this conversation that we're having is so perfectly timed because today I'm like, what can I learn about myself and about my writing through this example? And the lesson I, I got curious instead of judgmental because I could be in that judgmental spiral for sure, a long time. Yes. And I said, I sometimes hold back for whatever reason and um, I don't want to do that. And it's not, I'm not a bad person for holding back. It's just something I'm noticing about myself. I'm getting to know myself better. And so I went through the exercise that we're probably going to talk about today yes. on this. And it just made me feel so much better. That's right. That's right. So in your blog post, and this is what I loved about what you had shared on your blog, is it was not just like, 
the awareness of it, which I think is a huge first step, but you had a really practical exercise that um, can kind of walk us through a different response to this inner critic. Could you kind of walk us through that a little bit um, sure. today? That would be so helpful. And of course, I will put a link into our show notes if anybody would like to go ahead and go to Melissa's blog to see it all written out. But Melissa, if you could just kind of walk us through a little bit of what this exercise looks like. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I am a writer. I love to write. And writing is very therapeutic to me. I don't, tr- I don't do traditional journaling. Like I don't have a journal where I hand write with a pen because I actually hate seeing my personal thoughts in my own handwriting for some reason. <laughs> so I have a file in Evernote where I just type and write. And I've had so many breakthroughs and revelations through this process of just writing a lot of self-discovery. It just, it's, a, it's a great process for me. So if there's a struggle that you're going through right now or something that makes you feel bad about yourself, what I'd suggest people do is just is grab a pen, piece of paper, or open up a file in Word or Evernote and just set a timer for 10 minutes and write a letter to yourself about this struggle as if you were writing it to a loved one, like a child or a friend. Okay. And think about what would you say to her? What's the tone that you would use in your letter? How would you speak to her to let her know that she's still a good person? And just notice how that feels. Notice what shifts in you, if anything. And it's just, this is a practice. What I tell people is things don't change overnight. We have to practice these things. And it can be hard, it can be uncomfortable and challenging, but it's worth it. It's worth befriending that inner mean girl. It's worth knowing what it feels like to have self-compassion because a lot of times it's easy for us to be compassionate to other people. Oh, yes, it is. Definitely. we don't know what it's like to be compassionate to ourselves. And one of the resources that's really helpful is Dr. Kristen Neff is a psychologist and she's one of the leading experts in self-compassion. And um, you can find a ton of free stuff on her website at selfcompassion.org. And yeah, this this self-compassion is a practice. It really, it really is. And understanding that self-compassion is the opposite of judging. And The judging and self-criticism, it just is not the motivator that we think it is. That is so true. As you were talking about that, I was thinking I have have four children. My oldest daughter is uh, a wonderful and, and gifted student, but she's also extremely critical of herself. And so I was thinking about how in the times that she has really gotten into a bad cycle of these thoughts herself, how I would never speak to her, you know, harshly or critically. I, I always try to just infuse our conversations with compassion and gentleness and, and encouragement. So I can completely see how when we're reframing this conversation with ourselves with that tone, that there is that shift and that it is hopefully the first steps in this new practice of, of self-compassion, just thinking about it in that tender way that we would speak to a child or, or to someone yes. that we care about dearly. So I love that. That makes so much sense. I think that's a really great practical way to to figure out how do we make friends with and make peace with our inner mean girl. I never would have thought of that approach <laughs> myself. <laughs> and, you know, I think so some sense. people are 
it, we're reluctant to do that, especially when it comes to weight and body image, because we think being compassionate to ourselves is letting ourselves off the hook. Right. And if I'm compassionate to myself and I let myself off the hook, then that means I've given up. I'll never lose a weight. I'll never be. And that just that's just not it. I mean, if right. you take a look at your if you're someone who has used self-criticism as a tool to motivate, just take a look at your history and see how far it has gotten you away from your goals. And you'll see that it hasn't really worked right. and it okay. won't it won't ever work. That is such good stuff, Melissa, such good stuff. I I hope that as you all are listening, that you are that this is landing with you the way it is landing with me. This is going to be something I know for sure I will be taking up the practice of. Before we wrap up, Melissa, before we close the show, I would love for you to share if if Melissa's words and her philosophies and her approaches to life, to body image, to success as a woman, if if some of this is resonating with you, I know you're going to want to find out a little bit more about Melissa's work. Melissa, could you tell us a little bit more about where we can find you and like your social media channels, those types of things? Where can we find out more about the work that you are doing right now? Absolutely. Um, my website is melissatoller.com and I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can just go on Facebook, I'm Melissa Toller. And on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Melissa D as in Dawn Toller. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this insight today. I believe that it is going to make a powerful and hopefully awesome difference in the lives of our listeners. So thanks so much, Melissa. Thank you. It was so great to be here. Thanks for listening to Extra Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at sortaawesomeshow.com. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can also follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Until next time, stay awesome, my friends. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.